Welcome back to Farm Talk. <laughs> News and Farm Director. Too many things went on, I just about forgot where I was. In Houston, Texas, Commodity Classic. We're in the Calmer Cornheads booth, and right now we're going to visit with the Senior VP of AEM. AEM. Uh, his name is Kip Heidelberg, and uh, Kip actually has a fan club. They were here right before. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kip. Good to see you again. <laughs> Eric, good to see you as always. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're going to find out a little bit more about AEM and some of the things you guys uh, got going on in the future. And actually, you're the, the policy guy, right, for AEM. So That's right. you don't have gray hair or anything yet. You you must be doing pretty well in Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, we, we, we try. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, check back with me at the end of the year. At the end of the year. Maybe my I'm, hair will be just a little grayer. I'm going to slide that microphone a little closer to you. It, you know, Sandra's got it down. We other have another voice here sandra mason public relations is that the official title or that is correct i'm the public relations director for aem all right good to have you with you're going to tell us about the davidson award coming up here in a little bit but uh, first of all we're going to put kip under the gun and uh just give us if you could just maybe like a minute or two i understand what aem is but for our listeners just give us just a real quick synopsis of what your company or what the organization does yeah happy happy to do so uh eric so we are the association of equipment manufacturers proud to be headquartered in milwaukee wisconsin we represent the off-highway equipment industry. What does that mean? Well, any equipment you see on the farm, on the road, in the mine, it's made by one of our members. We have 1,100 member companies, um, American companies, but also global companies. And uh, okay. you know, we, we make America. Big, big. That's right. All right. How have the equipment sales been going? I, you know, I know that there's... I don't know why, but there's a lot of publication of your numbers like every month through the NEMP. I'm not sure if that's something that you guys put out for release, but how have equipment sales been You know, going 23 to 24? Have they been going okay? Yeah, the, the industry is doing well. You know, We came out of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, like any industry, struggling a little bit with supply chains, with labor shortages, you know, a few other challenges. But since then, uh, things have really been been going in Good. the right direction. You know, we had that big bipartisan infrastructure bill that's helped a lot of our okay. construction segment. And obviously, we've got a farm bill coming up this year, which would be a real boost to the ag equipment manufacturer. So looking pretty good so far. Okay. Well, now we're going to get into the fun stuff. You are the policy guy for AEM. You mentioned the farm bill. You said this year, we will see. Uh, that's my saying that, not you. But what is your take or what's your feeling on the farm bill? I think there's a lot of agreement. I think there's still a few couple of uh, sticking points out there. But I think most everybody agrees that if something's going to happen to the farm bill, it's probably going to be within the next couple of months. Do you hold that same opinion? I, I do, Eric. I'm, I'm an optimist. you you got to be if you work in Washington. Uh, everything that we're hearing and certainly the message that we've been sending to Democrats and Republicans in the House and the Senate is that they just have to get this done and we can't let politics get in the way of good policy. Um, and so we're optimistic that we will see meaningful progress before the August recess uh, and, and possibly passage of the bill um, right around the uh, the election. Was there anything in the farm bill itself? Did you guys get to give any input as an industry? Was there anything that you guys were looking for in the farm bill that either got in or didn't get in or just general issues? Yeah, and, and this is a great time and a great place to talk about that commodity classic with all this great equipment. For us, the number one priority for the farm bill is precision agriculture okay. uh, and figuring out ways to uh, incentivize farmers to adopt precision agriculture technologies uh, so that they can grow a lot more using a lot less. Uh, and I, right. I'm happy to give you one example. I've got yeah, about 100. Absolutely. Uh, but I think it's important for your listeners to uh, to understand the benefits of precision agriculture technologies. And so farmers who use precision agriculture technologies, you know, 
I'll give you one example. They can, through things like satellite-assisted steering guidance, reduce the fossil fuel equivalent of 193,000 cars on the road. Or if you turn to the irrigation side through precision irrigation or Mm -hmm. uh, soil moisture sensors, you can save water the equivalent of 750,000 Olympic so yeah, so this really is about giving farmers the tools that they need to, to monitor, to manage you know, their operations and do so while reducing their environmental footprint. I had somebody that actually my broadcast partner, this is his first trip. Mick Kerr has usually been with me and gosh knows he's been coming for years and years. But he, as we were walking through and he was just getting the sense of the enormity of this particular show, he asked the question, he goes, what do you think this will look like in like five to ten years? What, you know, where will this be? And in my head, my first thought would be is there's going to be a lot more like AI and computers and what you're talking about. You know, I, I would certainly think so. Right. It's, it's the future, right? I mean, and, and, yeah. and these technologies with the precision ag side or about autonomy, you're talking about AI. Yep. It's all about giving farmers more tools, better tools um, to do what they do best, which is to feed the world and to do so in a way that also allows us to conserve our land and protect our environment for future generations. And the simple truth is it can also help with our next topic, and that is workforce issues. And uh, let's talk about that a little bit and what kind of things are you seeing there from your area? Yeah, you, were, you asked me earlier about the, the outlook for the industry, which you know it remains robust, mm-hmm. certainly for this year. The one issue that our industry continues to struggle with is, is workforce. Uh, right now, we could fill about 85,000 jobs oh. if we had the right labor, uh, if we had any labor, but uh, we don't. And, you know, when demand for equipment goes up, we'd like to be able to take advantage of that, make more great equipment here in America. But if you don't have enough workforce, you can't simply take advantage of it. So that's a real challenge for us. How much is that, if, if there are that many jobs out there, how much constraint is being put on the marketplace then? Well, we, we, we talked about precision agriculture technologies earlier, right? We also, as manufacturers, have to learn to do more with less. Right. And so you look at uh, modern manufacturing facilities and you see some of the technology in there, you know, whether it's robotic welding cells or you know, autonomous movement of parts and components on the shop floor. That all helps. And, and in many ways, sometimes it doesn't reduce the need for labor just changes the configuration of labor because you mm-hmm. still need engineers and technicians to service that equipment. But uh, workforce is a real challenge, and we've been we've been beating the drum now for years about the need to get more young men and women to pursue careers in manufacturing. Kip, before we leave this topic, anything else, uh, especially like from the Farm Bill or workforce that we didn't talk about? I mean, obviously, you're in the Washington area, and there's a lot of, I'm sure there's probably 10 things that we didn't talk about that you're you're normally dealing with. Anything else that we missed? Well, you know, we we talked about the Farm Bill, right? And that's what it's called. I I would posit that it really should be, uh, you know, the Rural America Bill. Because what the Farm Bill is, at the end of the day, is an investment in rural America and rural communities. We support 2.3 million jobs. Two-thirds of those are in rural communities. So we are... We are connected, deeply connected to rural America. The success of rural America is our success and vice versa. And we really need lawmakers to try to put policy ahead of politics, do the right thing, come together, pass a farm bill. It may not be the perfect bill. There's no such thing anymore. 
but we got to get it done because if not, not only are farmers going to suffer, not only our equipment manufacturers going to suffer, right? But rural America will really suffer. All right, uh, we got to switch gears. We got about four or five minutes left. A couple of things we want to talk about. Uh, one of them is the celebration of modern agriculture on the Mall, the National Mall, Washington D.C. That's you guys, right? Putting that together or helping put that together? That's us. That's right. This is the second time that we will bring modern agriculture equipment to the nation's capital. What better way uh, to uh, educate lawmakers, regulators, the general public about all the amazing stuff going on in our industry. It's basically a, a small commodity classic on the National Mall. I probably can't say that, yeah. but, but that's what it is. And we're going to be talking about the future of food and farming. You know, how, how can we continue to feed the world and how do we do it in a way that's that's sustainable and, and that preserves our, our land for future generations. We understand what you're doing and what you got and having equipment there, but I bet that's got to be an interesting uh, thing for folks in Washington, D.C., though, that maybe don't make it out to the rural country to come and look. I, uh, <laughs> I'll give you a 10-second a anecdote from, from uh, our event two years ago. We had a, a young couple come up to look at a baler, and they asked what, what that is, and the gentleman said, well, it's a baler, sir. And they said, well, what does it do? And he said, well, it bales hay. And yeah. then the, the man looked at the wife, and the wife looked at the man, and they said, well, well, what is hay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of education, to be sure. But that's an opportunity yes, for us, is. though, Eric. That's an opportunity for us to tell our story, to talk about not only farming, but the technology that farmers use, which is on display yeah. here. And I, classic. I would also say, and I'm, I'm not saying that it would be the, to this degree, but there's also pol- political politicians that they're not from agricultural areas, and there's always education going on there, too, to just bring them up to the, you know, the speed of what the wants and needs are. Absolutely. And uh, you know, we're, we're planning to have you know, dozens and dozens of lawmakers join us on the National Mall, Secretary Vilsack, you know, members of the administration come in and learn a little bit, because you're right, far too many Americans have no idea yep. what modern agriculture is I bet about. Secretary Vilsack has spent some time on a tractor. Yeah, I bet he has. Maybe not lately. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we're done, we've got a couple of minutes left. We made sure we got the, the deal on the Davidson Award, and uh, Sandra's going to tell us a little bit more about that, because this is a big deal. Yes, it is. Uh, we teamed together with the American Society of Agriculture and Biological Engineers about seven years ago to start this award. And essentially, it recognizes innovation in uh, agricultural engineering. Uh, J.B. Davidson was noted as the father of modern ag engineering, and so we named the award after him. Uh, each year, we recognize uh, three different uh, companies that uh, compete in the AE50 and so we take all of the, uh, you know, the entrants from there and we take the top scores, mix them up again, rejudge them, and then we come up with the three prize winners for oh the J.B. Davidson Award. Okay, so uh, what happens to them? Well, they're recognized at an event here at Commodity Classic. Okay. Uh, tomorrow's event will be at noon uh, at the third floor uh, stage. And in addition to talking about uh, J.B. Davidson Prize winners, we'll also be doing a panel on uh, what's hot and what's next in uh, equipment manufacturing. Hmm. Very cool. Well, there you go. In a nutshell, uh, for anybody that wants to find out more about like AEM or maybe more about the Davidson Award, is there a website that they can check out? Of course there is, uh, www.aem.org. Okay. Anything we missed? I don't believe so. I, I, think, I, think, we I finally, think we're good. We got Sandra to you know give us all the info. And see, we even got her on the air. Kip was nice enough to share his time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break. 